Welcome to Woodlands Church. I hope you're ready to meet your maker today because he's ready to meet with you. And I know that he wants to do a great work in your heart today. And so we're so excited that you've connected with us. Um, it's gonna be an amazing weekend as we kick off this brand new series we're calling Dancing on a Tightrope. How to really live in the tensions of life because you can't solve all these tensions but you can learn to really live in the tension with God's joy and peace and, and learn how to dance on the tightrope of life. Now, we've been praying every day and asking God the question, what does love look like today, Lord? What are we supposed to do today? And I know that thousands of you are connecting with us. More people are going to Woodlands Church than ever before from all over the world, from the Woodlands to the world. It's amazing. As you've been connecting with us online, and as we've been praying, we felt led that uh, with the hospitals overflowing with COVID patients and uh, the ICU units overflowing, that it would be loving to not have in-person services at our campuses for a little while. But we knew it, it was gonna be time to come back before long uh, because it's so important to get together and to fellowship in a safe way and and so we've been praying each and every day, God, what does love look like today? And as we've seen that uh, the hospitals and the ICU units are still at a very high level, but they've started to stabilize, it looks like. But really, it just comes down for Chris and I to, God, what do you want us to do? What do you want Woodlands Church to do? And because you hear so many different things from all the experts out there that you can go directly to God for what God wants you to do. For God, and we go directly to God for what God wants our church to do together as a whole. And so we've been praying that every day. And as we were praying and seeking the Lord the other day and just asking him, Lord, when do you want us to go back to in-person services at our campuses? You know, we know it's more important to go outside the church to make a difference. We know it's more important to go out and do ministry and to love people, to bring the church where people are. But we also know it's important to have in-person services, getting together to worship together. And so just show us. And right away, the Lord led us to this passage in Psalm chapter 68. Your procession, God, has come into view. Your procession of the procession of my God and King into the sanctuary. In front are the singers. After them, the musicians. Praise God in the great congregation. Praise the Lord in the assembly of Israel. There's the little tribe of Benjamin leading them, and there the great throng of Judah's princes. Summon your power, God. Show us your strength, our God, as you have done before. And then it goes on to say, you, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God. And we just really felt like that God confirmed in our hearts with that passage as we've been praying and seeking the Lord and asking what does love look like today that God is calling us to come back to in-person services this fall. As school is starting back and, and everything is, is trying to get back, not to normal, but to live with the tension of coronavirus. And so that's what we're going to do and we're so excited. On the weekend of August 29th and 30th, we're coming back to in-person services at our campuses. Our regular service times, our children's ministry and preschool ministry will be open. And we're gonna do it as safe and sanitized as possible. And I, I just am so excited though 
that we're gonna be coming back. So please put it on your calendars, August 29th and 30th. You know, it's back to school, it's back to church, and all those things are so important. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do. And if you don't feel comfortable coming back to in-person services, we totally understand that. And And I think that it's so important for you to understand that you can fellowship with Woodlands Church. You can connect with Woodlands Church online. In fact, you may want to invite some friends or maybe your life group or, or maybe some neighbors to, to watch one of the services each weekend with you online. Come into your home, have some refreshments, and you basically have a house church, Woodlands Church, and all you have to do is just invite some friends over that you feel safe with, maybe some neighbors, some relatives, people that you're already hanging around with, and, you know, and I think it's so important. You can have family church, just your family, having church in your home, connecting in one of our services. Thousands are doing that right now from all over the world, from Europe, from Southeast Asia, all over the United States. People are connecting right now, and we're all connected together as one church in many locations. But it's gonna be amazing on August 29th and 30th. That's two weeks away. We're coming back to in-person services, and it's gonna be powerful. Hey, we've been going outside the church building to make a difference. Because if what happens in the building doesn't change the community outside the building, then it's not really worship. And so we've been going out, and that's one of the things God's taught us during this time is that you know, we as a church have to keep going out more and more to where the people are, to bring the church where the people are. And we've been doing our vacation Bible school on tour, reaching thousands of kids in hundreds of neighborhoods. We've been bringing our kids' ministry on tour. We're, we're going all over the place, and we're also doing ministry to make a huge difference. In the last three weeks alone, in Operation Overflow, we have given meals and fed over 15,000 uh, medical professionals, and we prayed for them. We've cheered for them because they're the real heroes. We've given out like 120,000 pounds of food to the under-resourced and under-resourced communities that are really hurting so desperately all around us and all over the Houston area. Um, we have given out 1,600 backpacks to under-resourced children in our schools that will be going back to school that wouldn't have a backpack. Um, on and on. Thousands of people are being helped in our church and all around the area because so many people are hurting. And that's why it's so important that we always put our eyes on Jesus because he'll focus our eyes on others outside of our buildings. Well, God bless you, Woodland Church. We love you. Just watch this. This will remind you a little bit of what God's doing through you just in the last three weeks. Unbelievable. And that's what happens when an army of compassion who loves Jesus Christ goes out to make a difference. And that's what you're doing. We're gonna keep doing that more than ever, even as we come back to in-person services. And so I think we ought to get ready for coming back to our campuses by really singing today. So would you stand wherever you are, in your house, wherever you are, stand and, and let's sing together to the Lord and then I'll be right back for the message, dancing on a tightrope. Let's sing. As the fog was lifting on the morning of August the 7th, 1974, an eccentric 24-year-old Frenchman by the name of Philippe Petit was stepping out onto a wire that had been stretched across the top of the newly built World Trade Towers in New York City. 
For 45 minutes, Petit walked back and forth across the tightrope that was a quarter of a mile above the streets of Manhattan. Petit was so relaxed between the two towers that at one point he just laid down on the tightrope to rest. Can you imagine? In fact, the first police officer to arrive on the scene to arrest Petit would later say this to the press. And let me quote. I observed the tightrope dancer because you couldn't call him a walker because when he saw us, he started to smile and went into a dancing routine on the high wire. That's amazing. He was dancing on a tightrope a quarter of a mile above the streets of New York City. Now, how in the world was Philippe Petit able to be so relaxed and have such joy that he could dance on a tightrope with no worries? How was he able to do that? Well, he was nuts, of course. He was certifiably crazy, I'm sure. I mean, I'm scared of heights, so just looking at those pictures freaks me out. But seriously, a lot of us today would say, I feel a lot like I'm on a tightrope in life. We feel like we're out there in the middle, walking on a tightrope of tension with no net below. We feel like we're out there in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of problems, in the middle of stresses, in the middle of confusion, being pulled apart by the tensions of life. So when we're starting this new series, we're calling Dancing on a Tightrope. Because folks, it's only in the tension where we learn to trust. Really, it's only in the tensions of life where we truly learn to trust God. It's only when we're out on the tightrope of life, caught in that place of in-between, in the middle of the tension, where we can truly learn to dance. Have you ever been in that place of in-between? And maybe you're in between jobs, or you're in between moves, or you're in between getting a medical test done and getting the results of the test back. Or maybe you're just in between where you used to be and where you really wanna be in life. We've all been in that place of in-between. And with the pandemic, I think we all feel like we're in between when it started and when is it ever going to end. But really, most of life is lived in the place of in-between. So how do you dance in the place of in-between? How do you live in the middle of the tension? How do you live in the middle of difficulties? How do you have peace in the middle of problems? How do you have faith in the middle of the fear? How do you have joy in the middle of the pain? How do you have strength in the middle of your weakness? How do you have courage in the middle of discouragement? How do you dance on a tightrope? If you're in the place of in-between today, I just want you to know you're in good company. I mean, virtually every great hero of faith in the Bible went through the place of in-between. Abraham and Sarah's place of in-between was infertility. God promised Abraham he'd be the father of a great nation, and yet it was years before he and his wife Sarah had children. Joseph's place of in-between was a prison cell. God gave him a dream to save his family and the nation from famine, but he was sold into slavery, accused of a crime that he didn't commit, and he's thrown into prison, just left to rot. There he was in that place of in-between. Noah's place of in-between was a construction project that seemed like it would never get finished. God called him to build this ark with no sign of rain, only ridicule from his neighbors for years. Daniel's place of in-between was the lion's den. 
Even Jesus went through a place of in-between. He came to save the world, yet he spent his first 30 years in obscurity before he performed his first miracle and started his ministry. So if even Christ went through this place of in-between, there must be something to the place of in-between. In fact, I would argue it's the only place where you can really find the things that you're longing for. It's the only place you can find real peace, the only place you can find real purpose and meaning because the only place you can find real peace is in the middle of anxiety. I would argue the only place you can find real joy is in the middle of your problems. The only place to find real contentment is in the middle of waiting. We have to go through the place of in-between to get to the place where we totally place our trust in God. It's in the place of in-between where we experience God the most. That's where he gets our attention. That's what happened to Moses. You remember Moses, he was born a Hebrew slave and because of divine providence, he became the prince of Egypt. He was raised in the palace of Pharaoh. But Moses heard God's call on his life to be the great deliverer, to deliver his people from slavery. And he felt like he had the influence and the power and the money to get it done. So he took matters into his own hand. And one day he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave and he killed the Egyptian and tried to cover it up. But soon everyone found out about it, including Pharaoh. And Moses had to run for his life. He ends up in the desert. So he's supposed to be the great deliverer, but he ends up in the desert, in this place of in-between. He was there in the desert for years, just tending sheep, thinking that God had forgotten him and that God was a million miles away, that God could never use him again. But God meets him right there in the place of in-between. And I believe God wants to meet you right where you are today. God wants to meet you right there in that place of in-between. God wants to meet you and give you a burning bush experience that changes everything. And so I want us to open our Bibles to Exodus chapter two, or Exodus chapter three, and I want us to look at this experience and what happens to Moses and how it changes him forever. We'll begin with chapter three, verse two. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Dear God, I thank you that you meet us right where we are. And so I know today you're gonna meet each and every one of us right where we are. Maybe it's in our houses. Maybe it's, Lord, um, in an office. Maybe it's in a car. Maybe it's, Lord Jesus, right here on the campus, but you're gonna meet us, and we thank you for that but not just in the physical place. You're gonna meet us in the spiritual place that we're at. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd meet each and every one of us at our place of greatest need today. We thank you, Lord, that you're real and that you change lives and that you wanna change lives today. We know that you work miracles and that you bring healing and strength and 
peace, Lord. And you do it so often when we're in the place of in-between. You show up and get our attention, Lord, when we're least expecting it. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want us to notice here that God gets Moses' attention in this place of in-between because Moses doesn't have any distractions. I mean, think about it. He, he no longer has any big responsibilities. He's just supposed to look after some sheep in the desert. And time seems to move really slowly. He's no longer in the palace you know, with great authority and influence, overseeing and working on all these problems and, and difficult, important situations, making important big decisions. No, he's just tending a flock of sheep, some stinky animals, and that's his job out in the desert all alone. And so he's not distracted anymore by any of those things that he once thought was important. And so God gets his attention. I mean, think about it in the desert. There were probably shrubs and, and bushes that were burning. You know, they'd probably see every other day, you'd see something like that, but you wouldn't worry too much about it in the heat of the desert because there weren't many trees around, so it's not gonna cause a forest fire and no big deal. But Moses, he sees this bush burning, but he has time to watch it. He's not, not distracted and he sees that it doesn't burn up. And God gets his attention. And that's why God uses the place of in-between in such a powerful way because it's in the place of in-between where God gets our attention and we see that God shows up. God got Moses' attention and I have to say that sometimes God has to shut everything down so that we'll notice when he shows up because we get so distracted by meaningless pursuits that so many times we don't notice when God shows up. But sometimes God has to shut everything down so we will notice when he shows up so he can get our attention. He loves us so much that he'll do just about anything to get our attention, to keep us from wasting our one and only life on meaningless and worthless things. See, you were created to worship God. You were made to worship God. If you don't worship God, you're gonna worship something. If you don't put God first in your life and focus on God first, then you're gonna focus on something else first in your life. And it's gonna be a meaningless pursuit. It may seem like a really good thing, but it's not an eternal thing. And so when you focus on God first, then you're doing what you were made to do. You were made to worship, so you're gonna worship something. And so we start worshiping man-made distractions rather than the divine, eternal God. And I think one of the reasons why God has allowed this pandemic could have been to get our attention. I mean, to help us worship the one and only one who's worthy of our worship. Uh, to help us stop worshiping worthless distractions. I mean, just think about it for a moment. In our culture, we worship athletes. All the stadiums got shut down. In our culture, we worship movie stars. All the theaters got shut down. We worship musicians. All the concerts got canceled. We worship money. The economy got shut down. Could it be that God is trying to get our attention? To keep us from wasting our one and only life worshiping things that aren't eternal? 
There's nothing wrong with those things. It's just that when we put them in place of God, we're not being who we were made to be, and we waste our life. You know, one of the ways God has really gotten our attention during this pandemic is most people didn't realize how much we all need community, spiritual connection and community, spiritual community. We don't realize what we need many times until we don't have it. And a lot of Christ followers don't put a priority on church. And when we couldn't have in-person services, though, it makes you realize how much you need that community and that connection. You don't realize the value of something many times until you lose it. And I think God has worked good out of this. And it's one of the reasons why I believe God has allowed our church not to have in-person services during this time is we're looking to love the community. And in two weeks' time, when we come back to in-person services, we're gonna appreciate it, aren't we? We're gonna appreciate it because we know how much we need connection with others we need that spiritual connection with God and that spiritual community with others, and it's just so important. And I'm telling you, people who don't go to church, people who don't know Jesus are now realizing how much they need it, how much they need community, how much they need connection. That's because God made you for connection. God made you for connection. Well, God gets Moses' attention, and... He gets our attention. And Moses in the desert, though, didn't realize that he was in the place of in-between. God gets Moses' attention to the place of in-between, but Moses, you have to realize, in the desert didn't realize he was in the place of in-between. He just thought he was in the place of it's all over. He thought he was in the place of no hope. He had no idea he was in the place of in-between until God met him right there in the place of in-between, and he had his burning bush experience, and that's what you need when you're in the place of in-between. You don't realize a lot of times you're in the place of in-between. You think you're in the place of it's all over. You think you're in the place of there's no hope. You think you're in the place of failure. You think you're in the place of pain. But God says, no, you're just in the place of in-between, right where I want you to be, so that I can show up and you can notice and that you can encounter me in a fresh way that changes your life forever. I believe today God wants to give you a burning bush experience to make you realize you're not in the place of it's all over. I know I'm speaking to someone today. I know I'm speaking to someone today. You think you're in the place of it's all over. You think you're in the place of there is no hope. You think you're in the place of God has forgotten me. You think you're in the place of God is a million miles away. You think you're in the desert, but you're in a divine place. You're just in the place of in between. And God knew that Moses was in the place of in between because God allowed him to get into the place of in between. And God had a scheduled appointment at the burning bush that day. Moses was right where he needed to be so that he could meet God and everything could change. And I want you to know you're not at the place of no hope. You're not at the place of it's all over. You're at the right place at the right time right now to meet God and for everything to change. You're just in the place of in between. And most of life can be lived in the place of in-between, and God shows up and meets us and makes a difference. 
Well, we have to embrace this place of in-between. We need to learn how to embrace the place. That may be the most important thing I say today is that when you're living in the place of in-between, you gotta learn to embrace the place. Because if you don't embrace the place of in-between, then you'll find yourself trying to race right past the place of in-between and you'll miss God. You'll miss the miracle. You'll miss the miracle that's in the mundane moment. Always looking for the big thing. A lot of times we're always thinking, if I can just get across this tightrope of tension, everything's gonna be perfect. If I can just get through this season, if I can just get through this crazy time right now, if I can just get through this unusual time right now, if I can just get through this problem, then everything's gonna be great. No. Most of life is lived in the in-between. Most of life is lived in the tension. You see, when you think, I'm gonna, if I can just get off of this tightrope of tension, uh, then everything's gonna be perfect. No, you're talking about heaven. In life, you'll always have tension. There'll always be tensions that are pulling at you. You just have to learn how to dance on the tightrope, how to live in the tension, and that's what this series is all about. In the tensions of life, we usually miss the miracle in the moment because we're always thinking, if I can just get to the other side of this tightrope, where there's no more tension and all my problems will be solved. But that's not life. That's heaven. Well, God gets Moses' attention and Moses starts walking closer to the bush. And in Exodus 3, 5, it says, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. So God says, Moses, don't you realize you're on holy ground? And Moses is thinking, I just thought I was on hot desert sand. I thought I was on desolate ground. I thought I was on forgotten ground. I thought I was on God-forsaken ground. And God says, no, you're on holy ground. You're right in the place of in-between because I show up wherever I show up, that's holy ground now. Take off your shoes and stay a while. You're on holy ground. That's so powerful to me because God is saying, I'm here. And when I'm here, this place of desert becomes a place that's divine. You see, the place you're at is not God forsaken. The place you're at is divine. It's holy ground. I don't know where your feet are right now, but it's holy ground, and I'll tell you why. Because God's there. If you're a Christ follower, God is in you through his Holy Spirit, and God is there. If you don't know Jesus, God is right there, and he wants you to invite him in. The place where you are right now is holy ground because wherever God's presence meets you, it becomes holy ground. It becomes sacred ground. And God can, can change a desolate desert into a divine place. He does it all the time. And by the way, Christ follower, wherever you go, wherever you go, you go to your workplace, it becomes holy ground because Christ is there in your life. Wherever you go, it becomes holy ground. Everywhere we set our feet becomes holy ground because Jesus is there to make it holy ground. Don't ever forget that you're on holy ground. Don't ever forget that God wants to do a great work in the place where you're at. And so he's on holy ground and God says, take off your shoes and stay a while. Stop trying to race past the place of in-between and take off your shoes and stay a while and embrace this place of in-between because it's a holy place. It's a healing place.
It's a hopeful place. It's a place that's the closest place to heaven on earth because I'm here. See, you can embrace this moment not because the moment is happy, not because everything is perfect, not because everything is fun, but you can embrace this moment because right now, the God of the universe is embracing you at this moment and he will never let you go. In Exodus 3, 4, it says, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. So God calls Moses by name. God was saying, Moses, I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forgotten you. I know who you are. I know your name. He calls Moses by name. He says, I know your name. I know where you are. That's why I'm meeting you right here where you're at. I know what you're going through. I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forsaken you. And Moses felt like that God had forgotten that it was all over, that he could never be used again. And God says, no, I still know your name. I love you. I know where you're at. I know what you're going through and I still have a purpose for your life. You're gonna be the great deliverer, but this time you're gonna do it my way with my power and my strength. And God says to you today, I know your name. I haven't forgotten you. I'm right here, and I still have a purpose for your life. It's not all over. I still have a plan. I have a great purpose for your life, but this time I want you to do it my way with my power and my strength. I want you to know if you feel like God has forgotten you today, no, he's right there. He knows your name. He knows what you're going through. And that's why he wanted to give this message to you through me. I, I don't know what you're going through, but God knows you and he knows what you're going through. He's got you covered and he loves you and he still has a plan for your life. And so Moses, at this time, still felt like he was in the land of it's all over. He still acts like he's in the place of there's no hope because he starts making excuses. He says, God, no, you got the wrong guy. Remember, I tried that deliverer thing and that gig didn't work out for me. I failed miserably. No, I'm not cut out for that. And so he starts making all these excuses to God. And one of the excuses he makes is he says, even my own people aren't gonna believe me. They're gonna say, well, who put you as leader over us? Who sent you to deliver us? And Moses thought about it and he said, yeah, who should I say? What is your name? And God says this in Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God says, you don't know my name, the name that I love the most, the name that I like to be called the most, I am God said, my name is I am. You see, God was saying, Moses, I want you to know that I am the God of the present tense. So stop regretting your past failures because my name is not I was. My name is I am. And Moses, stop fearing the future because my name is not I will be. My name is I am. I am the God of the present tense to give you the power you need in the present tension. He was saying, Moses, I'm the God of now. I am the God of now. I'm so glad he's the God of now because I don't need him five years ago. I need him now. I need him now. God is the God of this present moment. And this present moment is sacred. This present moment 
is a miracle moment, you're on holy ground. Get ready for God to work a miracle in your heart. You're on holy ground. God is the great I am. And what's so interesting to me is he was saying, Moses, that's my first name, I am, but you can give me a last name. I am whatever you need, so what do you need? Put it right there in my name. I am whatever you need now. So what is it that you need? You see, next weekend, we're gonna go over three really practical principles on how you can embrace the place of in-between. How do you embrace the place? How, instead of trying to solve all of these tensions, most of life is not problems to be solved, it's just tensions to be managed. And we try to solve all these things like balancing work and family. You know, we try to like, well, one day I'll be perfect at that. No, you won't. I, I've always struggled with that tension my whole working life. But that's okay, because I know it's a tension. It's not a problem to be solved. It's just I need to continue to do better and better and balancing that tension. So much of life is balancing things. They're not problems to be solved. They're tensions to be managed, learning to live in the tension, to dance on the tightrope. So next week, we're gonna continue with Moses, and we're gonna look at these three practical things that God used in Moses' life so that he could learn to dance on the tightrope. But right now, I just want you to think about the great I am. You see, he said, Moses, I know who you are, but do you know who I am? I am. I am. I am the great I am. I am whatever you need now. So what is it that you need now? Do you need peace in the middle of your anxiety? God says, I am your peace. What do you need? Is it a financial thing that's going on? Do you need provision? God says, I am your provision. What is it that you need? Do you need wisdom because you're trying to make a really difficult decision and it's really confusing and you need wisdom desperately and direction? God says, I am your wisdom. Do you need strength? Do you feel weak and worn out and that you just don't have what it takes or you're just not enough to, to do what you need to do? What do you need, strength? God says, I am your strength. The great I am is right with you right now to give you exactly what you need right where you're at in the place of in between, just like he did Moses. What is it that you need? Would you right now just bow your head and close your eyes wherever you are, and would you just whisper to God, just whisper exactly what you need. And maybe it's provision. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's a wound in your heart. You've been hurt so deeply and you feel like you'll never get out of that place of in-between and get through it and over it. Maybe it's healing. Just whisper that to the great I am. He says, I am your healing. I am your strength. I am your peace. What is it that you need? I am is here to meet your need. Just whisper it to him, what you need most. What is it you need most right now? God wants to meet you at your point of need. God always meets us at the point of what we need most to get us to where we really need to go most. 
You see, what we really need most is a deeper relationship with him, but, but we feel these other things that we need that hurt, and God says, it's okay, because I wanna meet you at your point of need to get you closer to me. Remember when he came across the blind beggar in Jericho, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? It was obvious the guy was blind, but he wanted him to say it. What's your greatest need? Really, his greatest need was to see spiritually. His greatest need was to follow Jesus. His greatest need was eternal salvation, but he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, that's great, and he healed him. But then it says he followed Christ down the road. And so Jesus asked you today, what is it that you need? I am whatever you need. Just whisper it to him. Just whisper it to him. Peace, strength, wisdom, direction, provision, healing. What is it? Whisper it. Whisper it to him right now. Dear Lord God, great I am. We come to you through your son, Jesus Christ, and we ask you, Lord, to meet us at our point of need. We need you desperately. Forgive us, Lord, of our meaningless distractions and forgive us for worshiping other gods that aren't gods. We focus on you, great I am. We worship you today and we ask you to meet us at our point of need, right in the place of in between. And Lord, I pray for all those who've never received you as Lord. I know you're right there and this is holy ground. Help them, Lord, right now receive you. And if you've never received Jesus, you don't even have to bow your head or close your eyes. Just pray this prayer. Say this prayer to God. Mean it in your heart. Dear Jesus Christ, I need you. I need you to save me and forgive me of all my sins. I need you to come into my life with your Holy Spirit. I don't understand it completely, but I know I need you. And I ask you to take me to heaven one day. I can't get there on my own, so I accept your free gift of salvation in heaven one day. Thank you for saving me. Now help me grow in my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life and he'll never leave you. You're on holy ground. And I just really challenge you to click online there, raise your hand to say that you've received Christ. Something happens when you make it public. You know, Raise your hand, no one's gonna bother you about it, but just rate, click, raise my hand, I received Christ. Right now, I got it settled. And we've got pastors in the online chat right now that would love to talk to you about it if you want to. We've got pastors who can pray with you right now. But we're gonna go right into our offering time, which is so important as we worship through our singing, we worship through our Bible teaching, we worship through our giving. And so I just really challenge everyone to give. We all can't give the same amount, but we can all give. And it really comes down to putting God first in every area that's important in our lives. So I challenge you to put God first in your finances no matter what the circumstances are. Because when you put him first, he says, I'll meet your needs, I'll see you through. I am the great I am. And so you can give online. You know, we don't have offering at church, there's no one here, so you give online. And if you haven't set that up yet, it's really easy to do. You gotta do it right now, don't procrastinate, just right now, go to wc.org give wc.org give and you can get it all set up to give recurrent giving, to make it a faithful thing a spiritual discipline that changes your life where you put God first. And whatever area you put God first, he blesses you in. And so you can go to wc.org give, set that up online, or you can just use your smartphone. 
just text the word give WC. You put it in one word, give WC to 77977. Text give WC to 77977. And it's the same thing. You can get it all set up right there on your smartphone for recurrent giving. Or you can mail in your check to One Fellowship Drive, the Woodlands, Texas, 77384. Um, and you can give stocks. You can give assets. But as you give, we're praying for you for God's blessing and strength in your life because we know that God's going to meet your needs. And there's so many hurting people today in our church and all around our church and all around the world. And so we're making a difference. Our, our church is stretching more than ever. Woodland Church is doing more ministry than ever. We're stretching more than ever to make a difference in lives. There's so many people hurting, so many people in need. So pray that God will multiply your gifts in a powerful way. But let's give to the Lord for his glory. Let's give to the Lord because he's the great I am. He deserves our worship. We shouldn't worship material things, nothing wrong with them, but they'll never bring happiness. We shouldn't worship other people. You know, we need to love other people, but you don't worship them. You worship God and you lift him up. So let's do that right now as we give to the Lord. Lord, bless our giving as we lift you up in worship and in giving. Multiply those gifts to meet the needs, Lord Jesus, of all these people that are hurting for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.